What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, February 5th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the author of Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, Laura, Kate, Dale. Hello, Laura. Oh, I'm here. I convinced you to do words in a book that I wrote. That's right. If you're if you didn't know, I'm, well, if you're an audio listener, we're both holding up the book. <laughs> <laughs> Things I learned from Mario's butt is available. It's hardcover. Tim and I wrote in and alongside a bunch of other people. Laura, if they don't know what the hell this book's about, what is this yeah, book about? Yeah, this is a this is a wild book idea that somehow someone let me make. Uh, I started on this like two years ago. It is a coffee table book of video game character butt reviews. Mm-hmm. It's got a bunch of illustrations in there. It's got a bunch of interviews with developers and people you know from the internet who talk about games. And it's just... A bunch of people taking video game character butts more seriously than you would probably consider them taking them. This Jim Sterling one was one of my favorites from Bloodborne, because I get that now. Of course, I've, oh, I've yeah, the one about shoving, shoving the arm up the pig, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kevin, you saw it. You saw me do it many times, shove my uh, arm up that, that pig's ass. You yeah, saw I, I yelled about it a lot, too. There's you a lot did? Of you did? I didn't think I'd look, be looking at it from that perspective ever. <laughs> So, Laura, if somebody doesn't know and they've missed you on Games Daily before with Tim, who are you? What do you do? My name's Laura. I do lots of stuff across the internet to do with video games. Um, On YouTube, every Friday, I upload a show called Accessibility, which is all about accessibility and representation in the games industry. Uh, We put up an episode today that was all about gaming with ADHD. Uh, I Twitch stream three times a week at Laura K Buzz on Twitch. I'm currently trying to go get a bunch of speedruns in games that nobody plays. Um, <laughs> I'm currently the undisputed world champion at speedrunning that Cooking Mama game on the Switch that got pulled off sale oh, great. Yeah, last okay. year. Got all the records on that. Um, yeah, I just talk about video games on the internet. I do a bunch of podcasts. I've written some books. Just search Laura K. Buzz and you'll find everything. You got a Patreon too, patreon.com yep. slash Laura K. Buzz. Check it out there. But for right now, Billy the Door writes in asking about the book, Things I learned from Mario's butt. Uh, hey, uh, Billy Dor says on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Hey, with the butt book out now, I have to ask, what are some honorable mention butts? Some butts that were great, but didn't necessarily make the cut. Um, the main butts that I have, that I have, like, I wish they were in the book and aren't, are the ones that came out after the book was sent to mm. the printers, because obviously you've got a really long lead time on these kind of projects. Um... So, like, some ones from 2020 that didn't make the book, but, but I really wish it'd been in there. Uh, Jin from Ghost of Tsushima. Um, sure, what a great ass. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. when he's getting out of, out of that natural pool, um, that's the kind of ass that marble sculptures are produced about. Like, that is, <laughs> that is what inspired the exactly. Romans. Yeah. Um, Zagreus from Hades. Not only is he just, like, a finely sculpted character head to toe, but you've got to have a really good ass if you are going to get the attention of Mm -hmm. seemingly every Every god that ever existed being a bit horny for you. Yep. (laughs) Um, And one that I kind of regret not putting in that's from long in the past is Pepsi Man. If you go back and play Pepsi Man, Pepsi Man has a pretty good ass. Also very shiny, like clearly polished, <laughs> very, very polished. Someone has gone there with like the buffing cloth and made sure that thing is very shiny. Oh, only the finest for Pepsi, right, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah, Pepsi's the worst. 
Yeah, Pepsi. Yeah, Kevin, not a Pepsi fan. Don't worry about it. Well, Laura, there's no time to lose. Today we're talking about Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 not coming in 2021. Sony taking a stake in From Software's parent company and the fact that they are hiding butts in Mass Effect. This is what a day for you to be on this show. Day to bring me on indeed. <laughs> we're going to cover all this and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you like that, you can head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can be part of the show with your questions comments concerns your squad up requests and everything under the daily video game sun of course on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can get every episode of kind of funny games daily ad free you can get it with the post show we do each and every weekday and so much more remember to if you have no bucks toss our way it's no big deal you can go to twitch.tv slash kind of funny games and watch live as we record it just like pj is quarter is joshy g is uh, of course if you're on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games you have a special job go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday housekeeping for you remember there's a brand new games cast up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and of course the games cast podcast feed uh we have found the worst game of 2021 and we do not think it will be defeated so you need to come see uh blessing tim and imran all wrap their heads around it while i narrate from the website and make fun of it without spoiling what it is i have played some of it and yeah it's not good (laughs) every buttons jump why how is what you you, you jump and your momentum just stops it's not good. There's choices. They are, made some the choices. Uh, not good. Oh, no. Not good. <laughs> not even that as a saving grace. Damn. You know what I mean? The one thing you could hang your hat on. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Graham of Legend, David Mintel, Trent Berry, Blackjack, Louise Aguiar, uh, James Davis Makes, uh, and at James Davis Makes, and then I'm sorry, Louise is also at 8-Bit Louise, and then the nanobiologist. Today we're brought to you by Brooklyn and Honey, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. We got five items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. We're going to start, of course. We're still in the financial call fallout part of the year where everybody's finishing things up and telling you what's happening and what's not going to happen. We're going to start at GameSpot where our friend Eddie writes, there's no Diablo 4 or Overwatch 2 this year, but luckily you'll get a call of duty. As part of Activision Blizzard's earning report, uh, the company confirmed that two of Blizzard's most anticipated upcoming games, Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2, will not release in 2021. While we didn't get any new details on the game itself during an earnings call, Blizzard management said Overwatch 2 passed a significant milestone in December 2020. This involved, quote, hundreds of developers taking part. Overall, Blizzard said it feels confident about Overwatch 2. Also during the call, management confirmed that a new Call of Duty game is releasing in 2021. Shocking. Uh, But it did not say which studio is developing it or what franchise it might be. Management also said that it has learned a lot already from the free-to-play Call of Duty Warzone, and this game will remain operational and supported in the future, even when the new mainline game releases. 
Black Ops Cold War's weapons were integrated into Warzone, and it's expected this will continue for mainline Call of Duty games. Future mainline duty Call of, Call of Duty games. Uh, if history is any indication, 2021's Call of Duty uh, game may be coming from Sledgehammer Games. The studio's last game uh, that it led the development on was 2017's Call of Duty World War II, so it appears the team may be up next after Treyarch made 2018's Black Ops 4 and Infinity War, uh, Ward developed 2019's Modern Warfare. Treyarch returned in 2020 with Black Ops Cold War. Also during the call, uh, management said there would be more, quote, remastered content coming in the future. No further details were provided, but this comment came after it was reported that Vicarious Visions, which is now a Blizzard studio, is working on a Diablo 2 remaster. Laura, a lot to unpack there. Is any of it exciting? <laughs> exciting. It's all very predictable stuff, I think. Yeah. Um, the thing that I found most interesting in there that I keep thinking about is that Overwatch 2 news, because... I'm not surprised it's going to take a while to do, because everything they've said about Overwatch 2 sounds like they're basically making two games at once. They're making a mm, single player mm. and another Overwatch multiplayer. And I, I wasn't expecting to see that for a while. We've heard absolutely nothing other than it exists and we'll have single player. I think that's all we've heard about it. Yeah, right. It's, it's always a, a rumor and undercurrent. It's always something people are excited for. Last year when I uh, screwed up the PS I Love You fantasy draft, Blessing tried to throw me a bone and said, if you want to try to valiant effort it, you could get Overwatch 2. If it comes out, you'd be in good shape. And then, of course, now in the games cast fantasy critic, Blessing has it and has screwed himself over having to burn one of his uh, games to drop because it won't release Overwatch 2 on his list. But yeah, Overwatch 2 gets talked about a lot. I feel like they yeah. talked about it at the, clearly at this point too early. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that about now I would have expected we'd have had, like, at the very least, some kind of sense of where it was in development. It just feels like they they needed a name to drop and yeah. didn't really think much beyond that. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up here, like, when we actually announced Overwatch I feel like 2. it was start November of last 2019. year. Oh, it was earlier than I thought then. Yeah, and this is what, you know, Google's saying. I, you know, yeah. I haven't gotten a dive into it's it or whatever. Yeah, November 2019 at a BlizzCon event is, is when it got announced. Yeah, I'm, I'm always surprised when it's more than a year since a game's been announced and you see nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that usually is such a bygone product, but you wonder how much of this is affected by COVID well, work from I, home, That you know, what 2020 yeah, became for all of us. I, I wonder also for, for Activision Blizzard specifically, uh, Diablo 4 being another case of this, um, whether it's because the previous year at BlizzCon they had such a bad, bad experience with the news that they dropped. Because um, yeah. was it 2018 that they announced that Diablo mobile, mobile game that really annoyed people? And I feel like 2019 they just wanted to have a win, even if it wasn't really ready. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's probably a good thing. You get excited. I'm reading it from PCGamer.com right now. They have an Overwatch 2 Everything We Know article. I love this paragraph. I've read it on the show before. What is Overwatch 2 exactly? Well, it's a sequel to Overwatch, but not in the way that we usually think about sequels. By the sound of it, Overwatch 2 is more like a big expansion that focuses primarily on PvE missions. These missions appear to build off the Overwatch Archive seasonal events from the past few years. The new story missions will likely have more story, dialogue, and cutscenes than high and highly than the highly repeatable limited time events. We go over these in greater detail below. This is the problem with it too, where it's like from the first real information we've had about this top level, it's been this weird thing that it, is it Overwatch 2 or is it Overwatch 1.5? Is it just something yeah. that's being added into this? Do you need to go where, like, what are we getting out of this? Yeah, it, it's 
the messaging has definitely not been clear around it, and it's knowing what to even ex- the fact that we don't even know clearly what to expect is why it doesn't surprise me that it's not going to come until at least next year yeah i think you have it on the money right that they wanted to win they wanted people to be excited so they announced it but then obviously behind the scenes things continue to shift change what is this game and the scope probably has gone a few different ways too and again the call of duty news that's in here as well um I think anyone who was going to make a guess about Call of Duty, that's probably going to be one this year, and it's probably going to be Sledgehammer, because they, yeah. they have that, what's it, three studios they rotate between? Yeah, they have that cadence going on that it got a little bit jostled recently because of some uh, management switch-ups, but yeah, that's that yeah. would make sense. That seems to be where it would. Uh, yeah. I like this. Nanobiologist points out, and you're wrong, a reminder, Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 were announced at the same BlizzCon. It was when they tried to address the Blitzchung issue. So that's yes. why they wanted to win. That's why they, thank you very mm. much. I did forget that part of the story that, yeah, yeah, when the free Hong Kong thing was going on, how can we mm. possibly cover that up? Let's talk about Diablo 4. Let's talk about Overwatch 2. Yeah, that's, that's definitely going to be a factor. Um, so yeah, it was vaporware probably when they talked about it initially. Yeah. <laughs> now it as was, they continue We've got a napkin that we've written down that we want to do this on. <laughs> Outrageous. Um, yeah. The, the other thing in this that I thought was like quite nice news to read was that uh, they're going to be supporting um, Warzone going on, on for a while. Yeah. Um, I... There's a part of me that expected they might like replace it with something new just to try and get money, like to try and get a new batch of people in. But I'm I'm glad to hear that they're just going to use. It sounds like they're using that as a platform and they're just going to stick with it for a while. Yeah, and I think you know that speaks to the success they're clearly seeing with it. You know, yeah. if you're getting Nick Scarpino and Snowbuck Mike and Andy in there every two days a week or whatever as they drop into the war zone and do their thing, like I think it makes sense that yeah, they've obviously found an audience for that, and it is what they want—that sustainable base that you can monetize over and over again for whatever it may be. Yeah, and exactly the the fact that they've got their annual releases and they've said that they're going to be bringing the guns from the new main games into it—that's an excuse once a year to get people excited about jumping back in. Let's move on, because again, it's not surprising. It is interesting. I can't believe isn't that you will not get Overwatch 2 this year when it, there was a chance it might come out in 2020, we felt like, at some point. So we'll go on. Number two, though, let's talk about Silent Hill being on about something here. Silent Hill's composer shot off his mouth, and then the interview got taken down, and all hell's breaking loose. Ah, <laughs> uh, the Streisand effect in full swing. 100%, Laura. Uh, Matt T. Kim at, uh, T. Kim. Matt T.M. Kim at IGN uh, reports Silent Hill and Contra composer uh, Akira Yamoka uh, says in a recent interview that he expects to announce a new project this summer and teases that he thinks it's the one people are, quote, hoping to hear about. In an interview with the, U- in an interview with the YouTube channel uh, Alhub, uh, Yamoka, Yamaoka? Yamaoka appeared to speak about his latest work as a composer on the medium. But when asked if there were any other projects he's working on, Yamaoka uh, responded that an announcement will likely happen this summer. What's more, it could be a big one for fans. Quote, you'll probably hear something this summer to be announced, uh, Yamaoka uh, said via a translator before adding, and I think it's the one you're kind of hoping to hear about. Matt at IGN continues, let's not mince any words here. Uh, Yamaoka is famous for his work on the Silent Hill series, where he was an original member of Konami's Team Silent Hill, uh, Team Silent Dev Team. A new Silent Hill game has made its way around the internet rumor mills for years now, since the cancelization of Hideo Kojima's PT, and is easily the ones fans are most excited to learn about. 
In the years since PT was shelved, rumors of a new Silent Hill game in development have popped up several times. In 2020, a prominent leaker divulged that two Silent Hill games could be in development, one described as a soft reboot, and the other as an episodic game similar to Telltale titles. That broke yesterday after Games Daily. People were going crazy with it, and then there was an update. An interview with Akira uh, Yamaoka, Yamaoka, uh, which may have, uh, which many have taken as a tease for a new Silent Hill game, has been removed by its original publisher, Al Hub. In a statement, Al Hub explained that it had taken, it had been asked to remove the clip, but doesn't specify who asked, and apologized for doing so. The statement they put up on Twitter was, "We thank you for your support, which contributed to the spread of the interview that we published yesterday with Akira Yamaoka uh, around the world." We were were asked to remove the clip, and it has been removed. We apologize, and stay tuned for the next interviews. Mm. Literally the Streisand effect. I don't know if it would have made this before. I'd be like, okay, cool. This guy's working on a game. Everybody teases something. But the fact that it had to be taken down. For for people who don't know, the Streisand effect is the idea that if you try and stop a piece of news from spreading, that's usually what elevates it into the thing that everyone talks about. Yeah, once it's thing, out like, there, it's out there. But then when you, yeah. the news becomes that, hey, I'm going to take this down, then that is the yeah. news on top of like, the thing you were trying to hide. I'm going to be honest. Had I had this read this story without the fact it had been taken down, I probably would have gone, we're all getting our hopes up that it's Silent Hill, but it could be anything. Yeah. Um, I'd, have start, I'd have questioned things like, Maybe the translation was slightly off and that, like, we're going to find out a couple of days from now that it wasn't actually sounding the way it sounded. Hearing that it's been taken down, I'm fully on board. Team, I think this is one of the Silent Hill games is coming. And you you talk about who would, like, throw their weight around. This strikes me as a Konami move. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, of course they would go in. They'd be like, take this down. Blah, blah, blah. Like, we're, then you can't re- reason with them. You can't tell them yeah. that this is going to make it a bigger story and confirm the rumor people are thinking yeah. it's going to be. Well, that's Outrageous. the thing. Like, the, the fact that they won't say who asked them to take it down is feels very telling. Because I feel like if we knew who'd asked them to take it down, it would make it very clear what was up. Even, yeah, and it's that thing of like, it's the whole interview. It's not just that section. Like, there's so many yeah. pieces to it. And you feel bad. I feel bad for the composer who's just trying to get out there and talk about the medium and then yeah. makes a I mean, reference of something he's doing. You you see this happen constantly with voice actors where they'll, like, mention that they're doing something that they haven't been cleared to say and then try and backtrack it. It's I'm always surprised how people sort of on the outside edges of game development don't realize they're not supposed to talk about some of their projects. I feel like it's gotten a bit better. I, but it's when you start bringing in the voice actors who don't do it professional that it gets really yeah. out there of what could happen. Oh, thank you, Lucy. Uh, where, yeah, you know, I'd see it so many times back in the day of like when, uh, uh, and I'm not throwing shade at anybody, it's just one I remember. When Eric Layden uh, was Cole and in Infamous, right? And then yes. when PlayStation All-Stars was still just a rumored thing and who was on the roster, somebody put out a, a fake one but tagged him in it. And he was like, I'm so excited to be working on it. I DM'd him like, dude, this is not announced. You just fell for the bait. He's like, oh, my God. Like, that's how this happens, right? Where it's just so many people have so many different things going on that you don't think about it. And this is just mm. a, a cute tease. But either way, like, maybe it yeah. could also be that Konami's or whoever asked to take it down because they, they're, they aren't doing it. We are yeah. working on a Silent Hill but, game. We don't again, want people so upset. That's the thing about the Streisand effect is now that you've you've that this has been taken down. Yeah. Everyone is assuming it's Silent Hill, and if it's not Silent Hill, people are going to be annoyed. Not at this composer. They're going to be annoyed at Konami now for like, oh, why did you get our hopes up by taking the interview down? 
100 percent. so we'll have to yeah. keep watching and see what happens there but uh, i feel bad for just about everybody yeah. involved not konami but everybody else <laughs> i'm just like let him let him he said it who cares the silent hill fan base is excited when the trailer drops eventually people will still be stoked about it i don't know exactly the number of people who would notice this story isn't going to make a major impact to your reveal probably uh, we're taking an aside here. Uh, where do you come down to the scary games? Does the new Silent Hill do something for you? Are you obsessed with the tall vampire lady from Resident Evil? I am a big fan of the tall vampire lady from okay. Resident Evil. Okay. Very good tall vampire lady. Um, I like horror to a certain degree. I like narratively the very narrative horror that sort of takes me along a very scripted path and I can go down a spooky journey. I am not so much a fan of the, oh, this is all... Um, all being programmed so that I don't know when a scare's coming. I don't like being scared too much. Take me on a spooky story where ultimately I'll come through the other side, probably. Did you play the medium? Any interest in the medium? I played through the medium over this past weekend. Um, I like a lot of stuff it does. I think that the, uh, the split-screen mechanic for dealing with the two worlds is really interesting. I mm -hmm. thought they did a good job with uh, building tone and knowing when to give you answers to mysteries. Um, its story is a little bit unpleasant in some places. It makes some implications about, like, what causes people to be monsters and the impacts of trauma that are not necessarily great, but... Yeah, the wheelchair. The wheelchair. Once you sit down in the wheelchair, yeah, the game yeah. goes off and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, like, oh, well, this person did this bad thing because, well, they were bound to because of this thing from their past, and that's yeah. always a bit iffy. But, like, I like the tone and the setting. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was interesting, and I, I enjoyed it as well. I didn't love it. I think it's a good double A game, something we don't get yeah. that often, right? And like, there's shortcomings to it for sure. But I enjoyed my time with it. I think it's a great Game Pass game. Uh, but I was of the same thing of playing it. I enjoyed the fact that you know the main character, uh, she felt in control. I, it didn't feel like yeah. a horror game, right? She understood that she had powers mm. and was going between worlds, and like, there's things that'll scare her and jump scare yeah. her. But it wasn't like you're on the run and you're damsel in distress yeah. or anything like, like that. Like, you're not going to get injured at all unless you're in the moment where the music got really loud and something, like an action sequence is happening. Yeah, 100%. Most yeah. of it's just talk to spooky girl and she'll say something ominous and now you've got to go in a scary room. Go find this thing and watch a echo playback or whatever. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, I, 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 I like horror games. I'm ex I am excited for more Silent Hill if they were yeah. to do that and see what a modern Silent Hill looks like. Yeah, Silent Hill is one of the horror franchises that I really enjoy, so I would love to see more of that, and I hope that's what we're getting. Well, do you want to see Prince of Persia? I do. Well, you're not going to see it anytime soon. Our next story here is <laughs> Prince of Persia is delayed once again. You remember it was originally announced for January 21st, then it became March 18th, and today the dev team has posted the following statement. Hello, Prince of Persia fans. Since announcing Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time remake in September, we saw an outpouring of feedback from you on this beloved franchise. It is your passion and support that is driving our development teams to make the best game possible. With that said, we have made the decision to shift the release of Prince of Persia The Sands of Time remake to a later date. This extra development will enable our teams to deliver a remake that feels fresh while remaining faithful to the original. We understand the update might come as a surprise, and we will continue to keep you posted on the progress of Prince of Persia The Sands of Time remake. In the meantime, we want to thank you for your ongoing support, the dev team. Mm. How's this one hit you? It... There's something that feels a bit strange about this one, because it's very rare that you get, like, this was going to come out in January, it got pushed back by two months, 
and now it's just nebulously we don't know when it's coming. That yeah. to me sounds like some very last minute thing is causing them real issues, or that they've had some bit of feedback that they've gone, we need to rework something quite seriously. You figure that was the thing, right? For the September reveal of Prince of Persia remake, the main thing yeah. people jumped down their throats about were how it just didn't look good. It didn't look like yeah. a it didn't look like, like a PS4 game, let alone a PlayStation yeah. 5 game, and at least releasing yeah. when those systems exist. Yeah, and that's the thing, is you would think if that was the issue and they went, we need to retool the visual identity of this game, that they would have known that up front. Like you would think one delay for that to then have it pushed question mark into the future it feels like there's something bigger that they're trying to deal with and i like in the chat drew uh i'm sorry uh dubot 214 says cyberpunk scared the shit out of devs <laughs> there's something to yeah. that in a way i imagine right of like you know you can't it like you can't it, people already have their hackles up about this game of it doesn't yeah. look like a remake so what are you going to do with it and i would imagine that they gave these two months thinking they'd be able to whip that into a shape and it's not there and so now you have yeah. to sit there and really figure out how long it's going to be and ubisoft does not want to yeah. just put a date on it I, I feel like part of it is definitely that they don't want to put this thing out until they know that it is as good as it's going to be because you know how the internet is when the internet has decided that they don't like how something is it's going to take a lot to shake that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's that can be the upswing to it. First impression on Prince of Persia, right, is either you, you uh, even me who loves Prince of Persia and just, you know, adore Sands of Time. I mean, no matter what this game looks like, but, you know, it was, oh, this doesn't look that great. And that's the message now that has been since September. And so yeah. clearly you need to wait, wait, wait. And then when you can make your uh, next trailer, when you can drop more yeah. information about it, you need it to be, hey, this game looks great now. We haven't seen any more gameplay or any more trailers of it since that initial reveal, have we? I believe have that's correct. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if there was more. I think yeah. it was just that one time in the reaction. I don't was remember so seeing. Strong. Yeah. And that would lend some credence to the fact that they've shown nothing since. Yeah. And they know they can't screw this up. Because yeah. again, like that fan base is very vocal, but I don't think it's huge. And I think that you yes. need that fan base 100% behind it to get it out there so that new people are like, oh, well, this is a game I have to yeah. play and everybody loves it. And the story could be yeah. that, hey, it looks great now. And they went through and, you know, up, up-resed everything and your trailer is talking about what you've done and changed. Yeah, and you know Ubisoft. Ubisoft, if they're going to release a single game, they want to release sequels and they want to, like, I imagine that they'll want to have the Prince of Persia sequels remastered and... You, you need the first one to do well if you're going to get your sequels out. Exactly. Exactly right. You don't want another Patapon situation where I begged you all. I begged you to buy Patapon on the PlayStation 4. He and then it took years for Patapon oh 2. And then you didn't buy so that. And now Patapon is dead. Why and Patapon's blood him? is on your hands. How much does he ask for? I don't ask for that much, Kevin. No. You know what I mean? I come out Just here every day Patapon in the podcast on. minds. I'm out here you know, making the podcast for you. All I ask is when I want a stupid video game, you buy it, so you may keep making them. See, I feel bad now. I bought Patapon 2, but I should have bought it more than once. I'm sorry, Greg. I'm I didn't sorry. know you were part of the problem, Laura. That's, that's <laughs> you know, we got Only gotta, one copy. Oh. oh, you could have bought it for your friends. You know what I mean? Where did, you, did you buy a Vita at least? Did you ever own a Vita? Oh, yeah, yeah, I own okay, a Vita. Okay, okay, you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. Okay. You're fine. Okay, all right. You know, you're fine, then you're fine. Uh, <laughs> 
Speaking of Vita, number four, not really. Uh, number four on the Roper Report, uh, Sony has uh, bought a stake in From Software's parent company. This is Andy Robinson over at VGC. Uh, Katakawa Corporation, the parent company of Bloodborne and Dark Souls Studio from Software, has formed a capital alliance with Sony, it announced Wednesday. The Japanese media conglomerate, which also owns manga, publishing, and film companies, said in its latest financial reports that it had given Sony a 1.93% ownership as part of the financial deal. As part of the alliance smartphone firm, uh, CyberAgent will also receive the same percentage of shares in the company. CyberAgent is the owner of Psy Games, the creator of hugely popular Japanese mobile games. In its latest financial uh, results, uh, Kadokawa uh, said the Capital Alliance would allow it to utilize Sony's, quote, global expansion power of animation and consumer games. The deal would facilitate the creation, development, and acquisition of new IP, in addition to allowing it to maximize the value of the abundant IP that we already own, it added. While Sony's investment in Katakawa uh, doesn't suggest any obligation to create exclusive games for PlayStation, From Software itself has a long history partnering with Sony. Of the 65-plus games the studio has released since 1994, more than half of the more than half released exclusively on PlayStation platforms. So, pretty definitively, Laura, this is it. From Software now a Sony first party, right? Of course, of course. Confirmed. Uh, you know, uh, what? what's that uh, one with George R.R. R. Martin that everyone... Elden, 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 Elden Ring. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be a PS5 exclusive now. Done, it's know. over, yeah. 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 I, I saw a lot of people talking about this story and a lot of people pitching it as what I think everyone kind of wants it to be, which is... Sony, the PlayStation division, has bought part of From Software <laughs> and we're going to get infinite... Um, from software games now, which I don't think that's the case, but I mean, no. it certainly isn't going to hurt the good relationship the two companies already have. Yeah, I don't think this changes much of anything. I tossed in here because, yes, yeah, so many people were talking yeah. about it. Yeah, even the Sheep Whisperer wrote in to patreon.com slash games and said, recapping the story, Sony owns 1.93% of Katakawa. This is significant because Katakawa uh, is the parent company of From Software, a developer, blah, 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 but they also have in their umbrella many anime properties that Sony can flesh out recently with its acquired Crunchyroll. While it is a minor stake, is this a sign of an even deeper relationship between From Software and Sony forming? I think your final statement sheep whisper would be more accurate for your question of is this a sign of an even deeper relationship between from software and playstation i don't mm. know i do not I, think it is i i i think that the sheep whisperer kind of hit the nail on the head earlier in the question um talking about the anime relationship because mm. i i honestly think that that is where a company that produces anime has a really good excuse to get on board with a company that makes consumer electronics and televisions and lots of stuff for watching your anime on yeah, exactly. Like, and that's and the I thing mean, where yeah. it, 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 you're, it can't hurt, but I really doubt yeah. that it's going to be this one, this barely 2% of the company is enough to be like, well, hold on a second. Everything Here's the thing. I, like, I would find this a more interesting story if it had been, say, Nintendo or Microsoft or a company that doesn't already have an existing very good relationship mm -hmm. with uh, From Software, because then you might look at it and go, this might encourage some ports or some, you know, uh, exclusive open stuff, a new but, door, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like the door's already open here. We just had the Demon Souls remake at the end of last year. You know, Bloodborne exclusive. Everything they make, pretty much everything they make, comes to PlayStation anyway. I don't foresee like future stuff that From Software makes not coming to Xbox because of this. Agreed. So yeah, sorry everybody. Sorry all of these you know newcomers. Like... When it when when I'm happy to be proven wrong when it turns out that Elder Rings a PS5 exclusive, I will happily <laughs> you know put my hands up on that. <laughs> 
Uh, a lot of people will not be happy about it. And they will put up their pitchforks and make their move. But yeah, I don't yeah, think you have to worry right. about it. Uh, for now, let's end the story in your final uh, KFG news story of the week. Talking about butts. Of course, Laura's book is Things I Learned from Mario's uh, Butt. One of the butts you talk- that is in the book, of course, is Miranda's ass from Mass Effect 2. <laughs> This is uh, one of the most famous video game asses uh, in the world, and it turns out you're not going to see as much of it in Mass Effect Legendary Edition. We go to IGN, where Jordan Oleman writes, Thank you, Kevin. Yes, yes. Bioware has altered some camera shots from the Mass Effect series for the Mass Effect Legacy Edition remaster package. In a recent interview with Metro, Mass Effect Legendary Edition project director Mac Walters uh, said that the team changed certain camera angles that were deemed gratuitous. Quote, Kevin Meek uh, from the team actually called out some camera cuts that were just dot, dot, dot. Why was that focusing on Miranda's butt? (laughs) Walters explained. So in some cases we said. It's called art. So in some cases, we said, okay, we can make a change there. Elsewhere in the interview, character and environment director Kevin Meek alludes to another low camera shot uh, where a male shepherd is sat with his legs open. The developers were unable to change the animation itself, but they could alter the position of the camera uh, to change how the frame the shot is framed. Quote, if you were wearing a skirt, it would be a bit unflattering, Meek explains. <laughs> so we can't necessarily change that animation, but you can raise the camera up slightly to reduce the problem. Another quote here. I do think a lot of things have evolved since the original games, but I don't know if I would say we were ultra concerned about it or anything like that, says Walters. Back in 2010, Mass Effect 2 project director Casey Hudson told Kotaku that one particular gratuitous shot of Miranda's behind was, quote, an interesting choice and pointed out how it pointed out how it it could. And pointed out how it wasn't easily missed, quote, when you see it there that long, dot, dot, dot. Hudson continued. Uh, Laura, you're the expert on video game butts. What's going on? Oh, give me a second. I've got, like, a whole thing to say here. So, let's... Undeniably, Miranda has an amazing ass. And that is not to be, you know, not to be downplayed. But there's so much more interesting stuff to say about Miranda's ass than just, it's a great ass. It is a narratively perfect ass. It is designed to be perfect because of the plot of Mass Effect 2. Like, we we know that Miranda, as a character, has been genetically engineered to be perfect. Like, that's her whole deal. Her parents tried to make her the perfect person. Yep. And this is a whole thing in the narrative that she's, like, really self-conscious about, because there's a lot of, you know, weird stuff built up in the expectation of you have to be perfect. As much as I like her ass, it's not always the best thing to put in frame narratively, because... Her ass is a reminder of all the things she really dislikes about herself. The fact that she's been built with this expectation of perfection. You know, when she's having a conversation about, I really struggle with living up to the expectations that were put on me, you don't need to be ogling her ass at that moment. That's probably just perpetuating the whole thing that her narrative is about, that she doesn't want people staring at her ass at that moment. Like, you can enjoy her ass. They're not taking her ass away from you, but... There are certain moments where it might be more narratively satisfying for her ass to be, you know, in the shot, not the whole shot. Show her ass like in other bits, but, you know, maybe not in the somber conversations. See, you you crush it, and it's exactly what I think about. When I think about Mass Effect, I think about her ass, but I think about it in the same context you're giving. If I remember how powerful that conversation with her was. Of course, if you haven't played Mass Effect, which I know... I feel like a dinosaur when I'm talking to all these kids who have never played Mass Effect. I'm like, oh my yeah. god! Like, 
part of the uh, draw to it is, you know, having your crew, learning who your crew is, building relationships to get deeper mm -hmm. with your crew. And I so distinctly remember that conversation with Miranda, yeah. where she's she's like, no, no, I'm genetically built this to look this way because I'm, I yeah. can be the perfect agent. I can infiltrate. I can get you to let your guard down, yada, yada, yada. And it was that thought of like, oh, that's fascinating because obviously you're playing it in the way they were doing things with the camera. You are looking at her ass. You are looking at her breasts. Like they're doing this thing. And it was, oh, I'm, the game has set me up to feel that way about yes. you. And then you're and, telling me it's purposeful. And, and that's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying take all gratuitous ass shots of Miranda out of that game. But I think that like Mass Effect 2 as a game would be perhaps better if all of the gratuitous ass shots were before that conversation and then the game just scales them back. Because that is the moment where you go, I'm not supposed to be ogling this. This is actually, like, narratively significant and I should probably, you know... Like, that that's a real turning point in that game that you maybe then don't need to be staring at her ass during that conversation. Right, exactly, yeah. And I think that's... It'll be interesting to see how they play with it and how they how they play with her ass, how they, you know, move it around and use it in a different way. And if it is, they, it's still there, like you're saying, but it's not there as much where it was every conversation was... Bring it out of cheek level. Like, Let's look at Shepard and her butt. Yeah, legitimately, I'm fascinated to see what they do with this because she's one of few characters in games who you can say has a narratively impactful ass. Like, her ass is part of what moves the plot along. 100%. So, yeah. All right. We'll see what happens. I, are you excited? I assume you're excited for Mass Effect. I, I'm right? excited for the Mass Effect remaster, mainly for Mass Effect 1 because that game has aged really poorly. Yeah. I love its plot, but it's just painful to go back and play. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated for that one because Mass Effect 1, I didn't vibe with, so I never finished it. And yeah. then Mass Effect 2 was, I thought, such a great, hey, this is a suicide mission. We're building your crew. You're going to go. I fell in love with Mass Effect there and then obviously played through 3, but I never went back to 1. So I'm excited to go yeah. back to 1 with more updated combat, you know, Mass obviously better visual. Yeah. Mass Effect 1 is the one I struggled with. I played the opening section of that up to where you become a Spectre like five times and yep, just never too. got on board with it. And it wasn't until like the sixth time that I actually played it through. Because, like, it's a great concept. They just really hadn't quite found it on the first one. Yeah. Can't wait. Looking forward to that. Yeah. You know what else I'm looking forward to, Kevin? More people going to patreon.com slash games. Of course, that's where you can go. Be part of the show. That's where you can get the post show we do each and every episode. And, of course, that's where you can go to get the show ad-free. But guess what? You didn't go there. So you're going to hear the ads. Uh, today's sponsors are Brooklinen. Life is too short to sleep between anything less than really nice sheets. But maybe you looked at some retailers and calculated the years of interest you'd pay on just one set of nice sheets and gave up. Trust me, Greg Miller. Go to Brooklinen. So Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who also uh, tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't find them, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. Uh, they work directly with manufacturers to help make luxury available directly to you without the luxury markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. Uh, they are so confident that you'll love their products, they even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. And Brooklinen is so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, loungewear, and more, but you know all that because I talk all the time about the Brooklinen towels I use and the Brooklinen sheets I use, which were easy to order, very affordable, and I love and use every day. Uh, you know I love it. So does Tim. But we're not talking about Tim. We're talking about me. Go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code GAMES to get 25% off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter the promo code GAMES to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com. Use the promo code GAMES at checkout. 
All right, and up next is Honey, my favorite ad because I don't read anything because I use Honey all the time. If you didn't know, uh, you have a web browser. You're probably using it now or you have earlier today. And just like me, as I point at my Google Chrome, I have Honey installed. What is Honey? It's a, a little free extension that works on any web browser you have. And what it does is save you money for free. Uh, you go to online retailers. As you're checking out, it'll say, what's the promo code? Uh, the little dancing coin from Honey comes down. They run a million different promo codes. They find the one that works for you or tell you that there's nothing that works. They put it in. You save money you get out uh if you want to be like greg miller you can sign in as i do with my google and then i accrue honey coins and then i take the honey coins let's see how many i have actually right now because i think i can't remember the last time i did it right now and i did i did it recently i don't have that many honey coins right now but i i use the honey coins when i go over there and i put it into uh, uh amazon gift cards to buy stuff like uh, you know the essentials i need or gifts for myself whatever i want uh Honey has found over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. Honey supports all kinds of retailers from tech and gaming sites to fashion brands and even food delivery. It's simple. If you have a computer, Honey should be on it. It's free and works with whatever browser you use. You can get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com games. That's joinhoney.com games so they know we sent you. Thanks, Honey, for supporting today's episode. Laura. Yes? I'm excited to play Mass Effect. But Legendary Edition is still so far away. If yeah. I wanted something more immediate, what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. Out today, Glittering Sword on Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Arag on PS5 and PS4. Neo 2 on uh, PC. Uh, Roombo First Blood. Not Rambo. Roombo First Blood. Xbox One. The Neo Collection on PlayStation 5. And Hot to Take Off Your Mask Remastered on Switch. I, I love hearing about remasters of games I've never heard of. Kevin, can I get a trailer for Hot to Take Off Your Mask Remastered on Switch? Yep, let me go get it. Thank you. While you look at that, I'm going to tell you about new dates. Mask Maker is coming uh, April 20th, 2021 for Oculus Rift S, Quest via the link cable only, PlayStation VR, HTC Vive, PC VR via Steam VR. Uh, that's a lot, but that's what's happening. Then Amazing American Circus, a single-player circus empire-building game, is coming to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, all on May 20th, 2021. Uh, the Resident Evil movie, or the new Resident Evil movie, which is going back in time or rebooting it or whatever, that's coming out on Labor Day weekend, September 3rd, they say. Is that going to be digital? Is that going to be just kicked back? Who knows? Okay, hold on. Kevin's got the trailer here. Kevin, are they seeing this? Oh, yeah. How to take off your mask. Remastered. My name is Lila. I was, I was a baker who was born and raised in Lizeria, the capital of Irulia. Lily, I cut my finger. Huh? Okay, so hold on. Why did you touch the knife? So this is a visual novel. I'm assuming so, yeah. Is this a trailer or is this just gameplay? This is a trailer. Oh, okay. Watch trailer. It's just oh. the gameplay. It's just, it's just a nice story about some people. One's a baker. Which Don't one is the true him? I go, ding, 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 ding. Oh. Now here's the thing. Am I going to play this on a Switch? Of course not. If I find out it's on PlayStation Easy Trophies, yes. I'll sit there with my guide and I'll go through and I'll get the, tro the Platinum Trophy and I will be done with it. Yeah, you'll 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 do trophies. You'll you'll go start a bakery in order to get some trophies. You know I will. I always I will waste money and time to get platinum trophies. Do you care about trophies at all, Laura? Um, I've never been a big trophy person. I, I collect them on certain games, but I've sure. never been the like have my whole collection. I understand. I understand. <laughs> what about achievements? No, that's just not. You're, you're playing games no, for no. fun. I'm, I'm, for story. I'm playing, 
I mean, I'm, I play games obsessively. I just do so on games that don't have good like trophies or anything. I put like a thousand <laughs> hours into Pokemon recently for no reason. So I guess that's some, yeah. You know, we we did the whole uh, who are you at the top of the show. We yeah. didn't get into it. Like, who are you as a gamer? Like, uh, what draws you to? What's your genre? Like, what what are you looking um, for out of a game? I I like a few genres of games. I've always been a very big like narratively focused games person. I like sure. my big uh, big sprawling epics, your big RPGs, um, all that sort of thing. But I also like games where I can get really obsessively into doing the same thing over and over a lot. Sure, um, like a good loop. Yeah, yeah, a good good gameplay loop. Like I got really into Hades last year. Um, mm, mm. I play Pokemon obsessively. Um, so I put. I think 14, 1500 hours into Sword and Shield because wow. I've been trying to get every single shiny Pokemon variant available in that game, which are like one in 4,000 odds of showing up. Um, That's I'm like, okay. I'm like four species away from having done that now. Like, oh dear. Yeah, I, I, I mainly just like my big, I like my big RPGs. Yeah. What are you yeah. playing right now? Uh, what am I playing right now? Um, I just finished the medium. Um, yep, I was yep. playing. I was playing something called uh, Double Double Kick Heroes on Xbox. Yes, I saw this one where it's the double kick drum, right? That's the idea. Yeah, of it. yeah, you're doing the sort of uh, it's a music rhythm game where you're fighting off zombies by doing uh, music off the back of a truck. Yeah, and you don't have to press specific buttons on the beat, but when you press one button, it shoots at the top of the screen. One button is the bottom, so you're sort of keeping an eye on here's what the beat is, here's where the zombies are, and trying to time that together. Yeah. So it's a really fun little set of mechanics. Yeah, I saw it and I wanted to play it. And then I would remember, of course, I have no rhythm. And so I stopped it. But the rhythm isn't like I don't need to worry about that as much. Uh, you don't need. It's not like, say, Guitar Hero, where when like the, the note comes down, you're like, oh, I have to press red on this beat. It's I have to press something on this beat, but I can press, you know, either the either of the shooting buttons. And as long as I'm keeping an eye on where things are coming in on the screen, it'll be fine. OK, it's been it's, it's been it's a fun little game. Uh, was Haiti Hades game of the year for you last year? Uh, Hades was... Uh, I, every time I get asked, I change my mind. It, it was sure. either Hades or it was Yakuza Like a Dragon. Oh, um, very good. Yeah, I got very, very into that game. Um, yeah. the, the, the mix of its over, like very serious story with all of the ludicrous side content in it was real good fun. Was that... Are you like tried and true with Yakuza or was that like your first taste of it? Um, I've played little bits of previous Yakuza games, and I've always enjoyed them. This is the most I've ever enjoyed a Yakuza. Um, I, I really, yeah, I really like the new protagonist. I think that um, it adds a lot having a protagonist that has more of a group of friends rather than being an isolated, lone person. It gave a lot of additional personality, I think, and it got the balance between serious and humor where I wanted it to be. Yeah, I think that it's been awesome to see people uh, flock to Like a Dragon because I think, you know, as revered as the Yakuza series is, it is a series which for the longest time has put people off, right? Especially when it was what, Yakuza 3 was the first one I reviewed, right? So that was the first one that came stateside and you're like, what's going on with this? And then they've gone back, obviously, with, you know, Kiwami and Zero and all these different things and tried to patch it together, which is working really well right now for people who want to sit down and play from the start. But for other people jumping in, you don't know what the hell's going on. Exactly, and I think another thing that's really helped was the really high quality of the English language dub on this one, because obviously yeah. that's been a thing for a while that's put some people off, and like the the, the English language quality on on Like a Dragon's so good. 
Yeah. Yeah, I I had done the preview for it for uh, Series X and then got caught up in other stuff. And then I wanted a detective game. So now I'm playing Judgment. And then I'm still waiting. I, at this point, I'm just like, well, I'll just play like a dragon when it comes to PlayStation for my lame trophies yeah. when I get that in a couple of months. Pretty soon, isn't it, that it's coming to Yeah, March, wasn't it? I believe it was March. For I think that. so, yeah. yeah. I, I only played it on Xbox because I got an Xbox for work and I needed something to play on it. And it was one of the handful of games that they gave me. And I was like, you know what? Let's, let's give it a try. And I stuck with it right through. Okay, so we had a couple of your wrong series we've been going. Well, not about us talking about video games. <laughs> that, that part we've been fine with. That part we've been fine with. Uh, instead, though, uh, Nathan Dad 20 says, Take off your mask, remastered is already on PlayStation. And yes, Greg, it's an easy platinum. <laughs> Hold on a second now. We'll throw up on the PSN profiles here, see what the trophy guide says for you it. You have a I think... problem, Greg. You have a problem. We've I'm just saying, away. Kevin... Why not? You know what I mean? I got I got afternoons this whole weekend. I told yeah, you. I will be playing the division this whole weekend. You as usual yeah. won't be playing the division and then you'll be you cranky when we it? say you're you not the right level for what we need to do. You're ditching me for Fran again? 20 to 25 minutes. Perfect. I'm going to get this trophy later on. And then we have breaking news as well from here the you're wrong section. Thank you for putting this in here. Uh Steven Totillo is leaving Kotaku. Uh, his tweet says, May 2009 to February 2021. I'm pretty proud of that run. Tomorrow, I will simply be a reader of Kotaku, like so many of you. I'm taking a month off and then starting a new adventure. Still journalism, still video games. Details, TBA. So there you go. Good luck to Steven and see what's next there. Yeah, curious to see where he lands. I know, right? He's been there forever, obviously. 12 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a few of the really long-term people have left in the last little bit. And I'm curious to see where they all go. Because obviously, like... um. Uh, I've completely forgotten his name. Who went over to Bloomberg? Um, Jason. Jason. Jason yeah, Trier. Jason. Jason Trier has been over at Bloomberg. He's been doing great stuff. It's it's always interesting to see where those long term people land. Yeah, yeah. But you know, there's always so much change in the industry that when you see somebody who can stick around for twelve years, somebody or somewhere, yeah. and then keep going, else you know, more power to them. How does that work for you? Because like you, you know, you've obviously had bylines and jobs and stuff, and now you're kind of doing your own thing. Do you like that more? I. I personally prefer doing my own thing. Like I've I've had I've had editorial positions here here and there. I I like the freedom to jump around and be very sort of just what do I feel like working on today? Um yeah. and be a bit flexible with stuff. Um things like working on the book. Um easy oh, what's that to book do, again? <laughs> uh, things I learned from Mario's butts right here. Oh available um, now everywhere. I saw it on Amazon. Available That's cool. now, yeah. Um stuff like stuff like that is easier to do when working for myself and it's it's allowed me to work on more like long form projects that like that I, i've wanted to work on for a while so it's been nice excellent yeah your final new date because we just got into a podcast in the middle of the new show uh <laughs> apex second anniversary event is starting february 9th and it will run until february 23rd uh apex writes we're celebrating with a special anniversary collection event jump in for free rewards a special collection event featuring the return of fan favorite looks and the return of locked and loaded as playlist takeover yeah as a, as a playlist takeover I'm sure that makes a lot of sense to people who play apex i have no idea what any of it means but i wish you well as i go play division right kevin we got it, my dude. Division. Let's get it. 
Thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much. Uh, it's time to squad up. This is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash games, giving me your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. Today, Joy, parentheses, Joseph O. Youssef, uh, needs help on PlayStation 5 slash PlayStation 4. Uh, Joseph, Youssef, Joseph O. Youssef's uh, username is Joe Youssef 48126. So that's, it looks like Joey, but it's Joe Youssef. J O E. Y-O-U-S-S-E-F-48126. Joy says, uh, just getting into the Division 2. I played it hard the first two weeks it came out, but playing it solo was no fun at all. I am on almost every night after work uh, from 9 p.m. ET until about 2 a.m. I also play most major releases. See you in the Dark Zone, Agent. If you want to play with Joseph, hit up Joe Youssef 4812 six uh here's a reminder too that i'm putting out here right now i'm gonna clean out the the kind of funny division clan the official one because there's a whole bunch of people in there with all understandably who haven't played in forever so if you haven't logged in by we'll say saturday morning and you haven't gone in there and, it's, and i get to you and it says you've been offline for what i think it's 90 days more than 90 days i'm just gonna dump you and i hope you understand and respect you uh joy i'll hit you up with a request to get you into it as well laura we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. We've done a good job of sprinkling them in as we've gone, but it turns out I screwed up at the end here. Matt the Wob says, Yakuza 1 and 2 were on PS2. Uh, I'm sorry, Yakuza 1 and 2 on PS2 released in the States before Yakuza 3. That's a great point, Matt. Thank you very much. I was wrong and I apologize. I didn't mean to besmirch Yakuza fans who I know are incredibly hardcore, and I'm sure Imran is already drafting a subreddit post about me. Uh, speaking of Imran, let's talk about next week's hosts. Uh, Monday, it's Blessing and Tim. Tuesday, it's me and Gary. Wednesday, it's Blessing and Imran. Thursday, it'll be me and MH Williams. That's Mike Williams uh, doing the spotlight. And then Friday, it will be me and the Don Imran Khan for Imran's last kind of funny games daily as a part-timer before he goes to fanbite and is dead to us. Right, Kevin? <laughs> this is so much. Remember when Andrew was like, "Don't worry, you guys will still talk to me. We'll still hang out." <laughs> I, I don't even know where she is. You know what I mean? I'm never gonna. Andrew's see in LA. Andrew's on the kind of funny podcast next week. She's on the kind of funny oh, podcast. Oh, that's good. Next that's Wednesday. very exciting. But yeah, we'll, so Imran she's fine. On there, you know. Imran talks a good game that he's still gonna come through and do the like games cast every so often. I miss him so much. I'm gonna miss him. I sure. Can't, I don't understand. Why well, don't you go to Fanbiter, right? Oh, I want to write. I like writing. I'm Imran. Right. I'm writing the words. This is so much easier. You're you so just fun. talk. Yeah, look, we're Actually, having you know? fun. Oh, God, I tell you <laughs> what. I mean, like, good for him, though, you know? I mean... Oh yeah, we're we're giving a hard time. Of course, we love Imran. We're glad he got a. He's going. To, he's getting. Well, first off, getting a full time paycheck. That's great. <laughs> that's that's needed. You know what I mean? I'm sure that's going to work out better than the pennies we were able to toss at his way, and then him having to run around and freelance a bunch of stuff. I know he's missed writing news and stuff. But you know what? I'm not getting sappy about that. I'm not talking about that now. We're talking to Imran next time. Here, we're still talking about things I learned from Mario's. But uh, Laura, thank you so much for doing the show. You still have to do the post show. But before I let you, before we go to the post show and end this show, you want to give the final pitch for your book and where people can keep up for you with you. Yep. Uh, this is this is a book all about video game character butts. Did you enjoy that conversation where we talked about Miranda and how Miranda's butt is more than just a thing to ogle at? This is a whole book of stuff like that. Uh, Greg's Greg's here talking about Raiden. Tim talks about Crash Bandicoot. I've got a bunch of developer interviews in there. Um, there, there was a great one in there where Mike Bithell talks about how the game Thomas Was Alone is exclusively a game about butts and explains oh, nice. how every character in that game is butt-centric. Um... 
check it out. It's Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. It's out now. You can find it physical, digital. There's an audio book if you go on Unbound. Um, other than that, Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. Um, the big ones. Every Friday on YouTube, I do episodes of a series called Accessibility. It's all about accessibility and representation in games. We did an episode that went up today about ADHD that had Jim, uh, Jim Sterling as a guest. Yep. Yeah, Greg Miller from Kind of Funny. Thank you, Laura. Uh, what is your YouTube channel? Is it is it the same as uh, everything else? Yeah, it's youtube.com slash Laura K. Buzz. My apologies. Yeah. <laughs> no, just making uh, sure I want to take care. Yeah. And twitch.tv slash Laura K. Buzz. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 10, 10 p.m. UK, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. At the moment, I'm doing a bunch of speedruns of games that no one cares about speedrunning. Just uh, collect brilliant. all of the speedruns of terrible <laughs> Absolutely games. Absolutely brilliant. Good for you. I recently did one of Babysitting Mama. A game that has been out for a decade and no one has ever speedrun, so I, by default, am the world's greatest at it. <laughs> Kevin, here's where I usually sign off. And I say farewell, and then, you know, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Go there, that's where the post show is going to be right there. If you're sticking around on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, up next, of course, uh, they're doing the group stream, uh, the Friday group moving stream. Out. And then me and, me and Mike are, yeah, it's, they're playing Moving Out, new content from Moving Out. I think they're giving away copies of Moving Out, too. But then, more importantly, me and Mike square off in the Super Bowl. I'll be playing as the Chiefs. Mike will be losing to me as the Buccaneers. But before we go, somebody in the t- chat needs to be taking a task, all right? Torchwood 4SP. Wrote into your wrong, and I deleted it because it was a nonsense. You're wrong. Then Torchwood brings it up in the chat as if I'm wrong, and says, "R.I.P. My you're wrong was ignored, but don't sleep on Neo Remastered Collection today on PS5. It's out today." Torchwood, you're wronged me, saying that I didn't say out today Neo Collection when I very clearly said Neo 2 PC. Uh, Roombo First Blood Xbox One not Rambo Roombo the Neo Collection PlayStation fucking 5 it's on the list I'm looking at it now Torchwood clean the shit out of your ears listen to the podcast you claim to be here's you Oh, I'm so I'm so focused over here to make a comment. I got to do that. I got to pound on the keyboard. I don't even listen to the show. I'm watching. You know what I mean? So anxious to try to you're wrong me on Friday, no I, less. I I, I, I feel think... the need. I feel the need to tell everyone that Greg did very really smash those keys into into the shared document. <laughs> I, I did it in and went away, and I was like, uh oh, I just sign off. I didn't mean to do that. You know what I mean? I think Andrew Cortez in the chat says it best. Get fucked, you absolute idiot. And now okay. here's the thing we need to point out to you. Torchwood's already so scrolled weird. by. Didn't, that's what we need to point out, of course. It has been brought to my attention before uh, that people sometimes don't get that we joke. We're all joking. Oh, this is all for fun. You, We're all having a good time, Torchwood. We love you. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. If you've never seen us on Twitch before, we have a very loving community where we horse around. Sometimes Kevin yells at me. Sometimes I yep, cry. Yep, it's not yep. the end of the world. All right. And, uh, Torchwood, if you want to get unbanned, maybe hit up the. the- <laughs> no, don't uh, ban him. Unban him. All right, there it goes. Timeout. Timeout has been removed by nanobiologists. Torchwood, you're good. You're good. But next time, listen better. All right. That's true, though. You do need to work on your listening skills, Torchwood. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got a post show to do. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. If you're on Twitch or you want to see what we're broadcasting on Twitch later, YouTube.com slash uh, kind of funny plays. And of course, remember, like I said, things I learned from Mario's butt available right now by Laura Kate Dale. You can catch Laura on the post show right now. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.